Welcome back to our program again this morning. I hope the Lord will give you a great word for your life today. At Family of Grace, we continue to be a cross-cultural church that's trying to make a difference in our city to help reach healthy and hurting families become all that they can be for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today is one of the ways that we are becoming a cross-cultural church is through different types of ministry and different people groups. This morning, our pastor who ministers to our bikers will be sharing the message for us this morning. It will go in line with the message we had last week. So if you have your Bible, if you'll turn with us to the book of Joshua. And uh, we'll be looking in chapter 5 this morning. I believe God will have a great message for your heart today. And we want to invite you to come. If you're a biker and you're looking for a church and you hadn't found a place to plug in, Family of Grace is a place where you can begin to be all that God has intended for you to be. I hope the message blesses you today. We draw us near to Him. You may be seated this morning. You know, that's... Uh, that's what this whole circle maker thing is all about. It's about drawing near to the Lord. It's about drawing a circle and it's about putting the cross right in the middle of that circle and just gravitating to that cross because I'm telling you that that's where the power is. And the good news to you and me today is that the, the same power, the same power that uh, that, that was in the blood that was shed on that cross, it's available to you and me today. The same power that, that brought Jesus Christ out of that tomb three days after they nailed Him to the cross, it's available to you and me today. Do, do, you, ever feel like, do you ever feel like that you're just going in circles in life? Well, you know, that's really not what uh, this circle maker uh, series is all about. It's not, it's not just about running in circles, but it's about something else. It's about what we've been singing about. It's about drawing nearer uh, to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, open your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Joshua. Uh, we're going to pick up where Pastor Brad left off last week. We're going to uh, just, just go back to the uh, Joshua, uh, to the fifth chapter is where we're going to start this morning in, in Joshua chapter 5. And, and, and I know that sometimes we feel like we're just kind of going in circles, but, but, but sometimes coming full circle is not a bad thing. And that's what we want to talk about this morning is, is coming back full circle or, or circling to victory uh, is, is the, uh, uh, the title of the, uh, of the message Pastor Brad has, had last week. Circling to victory and today uh, we're going we're gonna to do circling to victory 2.0 uh, and, and, and take a look at that. But in Joshua chapter 5, we're going to pick it up. Uh, Joshua chapter 5, uh, pick it up in verse number 13. It says... When Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him uh, holding a drawn sword. Joshua approached him and asked him, Are you on our side or allied with our enemies? you got to love Joshua. Are you for us or against us, right? That's the way we would say it. He answered, Truly, I am the commander of the Lord's army. Now I have arrived. Joshua bowed down with his face to the ground and asked, What does my master want to say to his servant? That's important. He understood that God had a word for him. He understood that God had a word for him. And that word that he had was that he would go, how to go about uh, taking 
uh, the city of Jericho for the Lord. And you know the story. We won't recount the whole thing. But, but you know how uh, they, they, uh, God told them to, to go around the city, march around it one time a day for, for, for six days. And then on the seventh day, they were to encircle it seven times and then give a shout and, and blow the trumpets and the walls would, would come falling down. And that's exactly what happened. But here's what I want you to understand this morning. Joshua got a personal promise from God. Joshua got a, got a word from God. Joshua got a word that he could stand on. He met with God and he got a personal promise from God. Now listen, God had promised to take them into the promised land, did he not? I mean, God had already told them that. Joshua knew that. Uh, he, he understood that. He had been hearing that for over 40 years. But because of disobedience, all of, uh, you know, all of the, the, the generation, Joshua's generation and above had to die off wandering around out in that wilderness because of their disobedience. For 40 years they were wandering around out there in that desert. Can you say wrong kind of circling? <laughs> they were doing the wrong kind of circling. Just wandering around out there in their disobedience. But God had given them a promise. But that generation had chosen not to receive that promise. But let me tell you something. Here's what I want you to hear me say this morning. You cannot live on someone else's promise. There's got to be a personal promise. There's got to be a personal promise that God speaks to you. God's promise has got to become personal to you. It's got to become yours. You have to be able to own it. This was a 400-year-old promise that they were trying to walk out in their lives, but it had to become fresh and personal in Joshua's life. And that's the same way it is for you and me. And this miracle, this, the, the way that they went about Conquering the city of Jericho made absolutely no sense whatsoever. I mean, it defied all human logic. But Joshua had a word from God, and that's all he needed. Joshua had a promise from God. And no matter how idiotic it may have seemed, he, that's all he needed. And let me ask you something. Has God given you a promise? Why not? Why not? Why aren't you living on the promise of God? Listen, maybe God has spoken something into your life and, and what He's telling you to do, the method, it makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, you're looking around saying, God, are you sure? I mean, could, surely not. <laughs> but on the other hand, I believe that some of you, you may be tired and you may be beat down. Because you're trying to fight a battle that God never intended for you to fight. You're trying to do something God didn't call you to do. Or maybe you're not doing something that God has called you to do. God has spoken into your life, but you're like the generation that perished in the wilderness. You're trying to do it your own way. You're trying to do it like you want to do it, rather than like God said to do it. You know, do you realize that there are over 7,000 promises in the Bible? Surely one of them is for you. Surely one of them is for you. There, there's the promise of salvation that he tells us in John 3.16. It says, for, for this is the way God loved the world. Here's how God loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. 
That's a promise that you may need to claim this morning. There are promises all through Scripture that, that, that fit you and me. Maybe you're paralyzed by fear. And 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God did not give us a spirit of fear. And so if you're living in the spirit of fear this morning, guess who didn't give it to you? Or maybe you're battling temptation and, and you just think you can't, you can't do it. 1 Corinthians says, No trial has overtaken you that is not faced by others. We think our temptations are greater than everybody else's, don't we? And God is faithful. He will not let you to be tempted beyond what you were able to bear. But with the trial will also provide a way out so that you may be able to endure it. That's a promise. You see, there are thousands upon thousands of promises in the Bible. That's what we call the, the what? The logos. That's, that's God's general word. But you know what God wants to do? God wants to take you to a deeper level with that. There, there's another word, another term that we use to talk about a word of God for us, and that's a rhema. And you know what that is? That's a personal word for you. That's when the Holy Spirit of God takes the Holy Word of God and speaks directly into your heart and into your life at the season that you're living in right now. And that's where we want to get. That's where we want to get is, is that personal word, that, that rhema word. And so this morning, I want you to draw a circle around your greatest need, your greatest fear, your greatest obstacle. And, and you ask God to give you a personal promise that you can stand on, a personal promise that, that you can hold on to. Because when God gives you a promise, when God speaks into your heart, into your life, everything else may crumble around you. And fall. But God's word never will. That's what you need this morning. That's what I need this morning. Listen, Joshua got a personal promise from God. And God has a personal promise for you. And there's provision in that. There's provision in that personal promise. But there's also the peril of pride. In chapter 7, we go on. You know the story. The, the walls of Jericho came tumbling down. And then we won't take the time to read it. But you can. Uh, at some point in chapter 7, verses 1 through 5, they, they go on to, to, a, to a place called Ai. Now, the problem is God didn't tell them to do that yet. They just assumed that that's what they ought to do. And so they go down to this place called Ai, and they get their tails kicked big time. In fact, the Bible says that it was so bad that their hearts melted and became water. They were, can you say scared to death? They were scared to death. And they took their tails between their legs like a whip puppy dog and went running back saying, <laughs> we don't know what happened here. <laughs> you know, nothing like Jericho had ever happened before. And all of their parents and all of their grandparents, they had died in the wilderness because they were disobedient to God. But no, no, not, not this generation. Okay, I mean, they were the ones who actually crossed the river, right? Not circled by it 40 years in a row. But they're the ones who actually crossed the river. You know, they were the ones who were obeying God. They weren't like those other people. 
You know, they, they were the ones who, who were following God and, and doing what God wanted them to do, right? And so they just assumed that this is what God wanted them to do. But let me tell you something. If God has given you a personal promise and tells you to do the impossible, then you better get on with it. You better start circling your Jericho. But if he's not told you to do even the possible, you better leave that alone because you'll get your tail kicked. <laughs> you know, the greatest defeat always comes after the greatest victories. Greatest defeat in our lives always come after the greatest victories. And I can just see the, 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 the Israelites, you know, they're like, we got this. I, I mean, I got this, you know. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll just take a few of the men and go over there because really, you know, not that many AIs, they're not that tough, you know. We'll just, we'll just go over there. I'll take a few of the boys, and we'll go over and take care of business, right? Only one problem, God didn't tell them to do that. Was it God's will for them to take AI? Was it his, was it his timing? Why? No, because, no, because there was a problem, and the problem is a guy, by, a guy took something that God said don't take. He took some gold, and he took some clothes. And he went and he hid it in his tent. There was a problem with disobedience. They didn't do what God said like he said it. And that didn't work out very well for them. And I can tell you it won't work out very well for you either. You see, partial obedience is total disobedience. Now somebody challenged me on this and I said, okay, here's the deal. So, uh, I'm just going to be partially obedient, right? I'm just going to cheat on my wife two times this week instead of three, right? See, that's partial obedience. So, so partial obedience is total disobedience, and they didn't do what God said like he said it. And so I'm telling you, don't expect the blessings of God without obedience to God. You cannot ignore God's word and expect God's blessing on your life. And pride is when you think you can manage life without him, without his direction, and when you take off without a word from God, you're setting yourself up for failure. You're setting yourself up for defeat. Pride will take you places you don't want to go. Pride will cost you more than you want to pay. And so what are some areas of pride in your life? Pride says, I can kick this habit. Pride says, I can stop this anytime. Then do it. Pride says, I don't need any help. Pride says, you know what? I'm better than most, and you may be. Pride says, Lord, <clears throat> I thank you that I'm not like that person. <laughs> Pride says, Lord, I thank you that our church is better than that church. Pride. Pride costs them dearly, and it will us as well. Because it's a, it's a perilous thing. Any, any, let's look at, at the prayer, because what happens, they go over to Ai, and they get their tails kicked, and they, then they come back. And let's pick it up in uh, chapter 7, verse number 6. It says, Joshua tore his clothes, he and the leaders of Israel, 
lay face down on the ground before the ark of the Lord until evening and threw dirt on their heads. Now watch this. Joshua prayed. <laughs> oh, Master, Lord, why did you bring these people across the Jordan to hand us over to the uh, Amalekites so that they could destroy us? If only we had been satisfied to live on the other side, <laughs> the other side of Jericho. No, there would have been no defeat here, but there would have been no victory at Jericho either. Oh, Lord, what, what can I say now that Israel has retreated before the enemies? When the Canaanites and, 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 and all who live in the land hear about this, they will turn against us and destroy the very memory of us from the earth. Now watch this. What will you do to protect your great reputation? It kind of turned from being about them to being about God now. Well, there's power in that prayer. There's power in prayer. He starts off by recounting the good old days. Can I tell you the good old days are never really as good as we remember them to be? <laughs> a group of us are getting ready to go to Haiti. Uh, we're leaving actually Wednesday morning. I'm not going to miss the personal creature conference that I have now. Okay, This is the good old days. <laughs> to have hot water and Hot showers and indoor plumbing and those kinds of things. But you know, the good old days are never really as, as good as we remember them to be. And, and he says, you know, Lord, we had a lot of good stuff to eat over there. But they forgot that they were also slaves. You know, they, they forgot. They had already forgotten that they had cried out for God to deliver them from the very place that they were wanting to go back to. How soon we forget. Be careful what you ask for. You might get it. But you see, when we're following God and things aren't working out like we think they ought to work out, the natural tendency for us is to go back to what we're familiar with, to what we're comfortable with, even if it's not good for us. The, the tendency is for us to do that. And, and, but much to Joshua's credit, his prayer moved from being horizontal to being vertical. It wasn't about Joshua or about the Israelite anymore. It was about God's reputation. It was about God's great name. And this whole Circle Maker series is, is about focusing on prayer. It's about drawing a circle around whatever our greatest needs are and, and placing the cross right smack dab in the middle of that and trusting in the power of the cross to, to meet those needs or to break down those obstacles or, or whatever it is that we need. H have you noticed how much of our praying, like Joshua, starts out horizontal? About, it's about it. What about me? <laughs> do, do you realize that most of our praying is designed to make our lives easier? Lord, would you make my husband the spiritual leader of our home so I don't have to be so hard? Well, that sounds spiritual, but are you willing to submit to that leadership? 
Are, are you willing to let him leave it even if he ain't doing it right? And I guarantee you he won't. Lord, I'm drawing a circle around my wife. She's such an angel. You know, always up in the air harping. Would you just straighten her out, Lord? If you just straighten her out, then this relationship would be a lot better. You ever notice how much of that? You know, Lord, Lord, heal this, or, or Lord, heal that, or Lord, do this, or, or Lord, do that. Now, understand this. I want you to know that God loves you so much that anything that is of a concern to you is a concern to Him because that's how much He loves you. All right, get that, okay? In fact, He gives us a blank check in Psalms 37, 3 and 4. It says, trust in the Lord and do what is right. Settle in the land and maintain your integrity. Then you will take delight in the Lord and He will answer your prayers. That's a blank check. One translation says he'll give you the desires of your heart. How can God say that? Because if we are walking in obedience to him and maintaining our integrity and delighting in him, our desires will line up with his desires and he can, we'll ask for the right things and so therefore he can give us the right things. Joshua's prayer moved from horizontal to vertical. It moved from being about them to being about God, about God's great name. Man, that's where our praying needs to get. I want to challenge you to move that circle out a little wider this week. I want to challenge you to pray vertically and not horizontally. You know, as I was really, as I was thinking about this, I realized that a lot of my praying really is horizontal. It's, it's about making my life better, easier. Pray vertically. There's the price of presumption. He goes on there and, and he talks about how they, they found out who did this. And basically what they did is they drew a circle around the whole congregation of Israel. And then they began to move those circles in a little closer till they got to this tribe in Israel. And then from this tribe in Israel, they got down to where there was this family of that tribe. And then in that family of that tribe, there was one guy. And when they confronted him, he fessed up. And you can read that there, but what, what you'll find is that they stoned him with stones and they burned him with fire. God's serious about this. But the good news is there's the privilege of restored purpose. Look with me in chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. It said, The Lord told Joshua, Don't be afraid and don't panic. Take the whole army with you and march against Ai. See, I'm handing over to you the king of Ai along with his people, city, and land. Do to Ai as the king what you did to Jericho and its king, except you may plunder its goods and its cattle. God said, Now it's time to go. Now you've dealt with these things that, that need to be dealt with. And so, so now it's time to go. And, and so they did and they went and they, and they conquered Ai. And Joshua and the people of Israel, they came full circle. They came back around. They, they had to come circle right back around to victory. And the good news is no matter how much you've messed up, God wants to restore you. 
I want you to know that no matter how much you've messed up, He's not giving up on His plan and His purpose for your life. You may have given up, but God hasn't. You know, the reality is you may be getting your tail kicked right now in life. Maybe you need to draw a circle around yourself this morning and say, God, what am I trying to hide in my life? What is it that that I need to uncover so that you can deal with? Maybe you've known great victories in your life, but you're now experiencing great defeat. I'm going to ask you to circle back to victory. Circle back. Perhaps you need to ask God to bring you back to a place of obedience. Bring you full circle. Maybe you were once on fire and passionate about God and the things of God. And He was using you in a mighty way. But somehow, you've drifted away. I want you to know this morning, God wants to bring you back full circle. He wants to bring you back to His presence bring you back to victory in your life. And, and, and maybe what you need to do today is just simply expand your circle and move your praying from things that will make your life easier to making an impact on the kingdom of God. What do you, where, where do you find yourself this morning? I'm going to ask that you just draw a circle around you right now and say, God, what is it that you would have me do? God, how would you have me respond to what you said to me? Maybe you need to claim a promise today. Maybe God has given you a promise. Maybe God has given you a dream or a vision and you've let it die and he needs to bring you full circle this morning to resurrect that. Today, as Pastor Ralph has ministered to us through the Word of God, if you find yourself marching in circles and you don't know which way is up, Family of Grace is a place that can point you in the direction. It'll point you in the direction to help achieve all that God has in store for you. At Family of Grace, our goal is to connect you to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our goal is to help you grow to become all that Christ has for you to be and then to help you serve others and lead many people to the kingdom for our Lord and Savior. Today, if we can be a blessing to you and point you in the way uh, that God has for you, please give us that privilege to help you be the very best that God has created you for. I hope the message has blessed your heart today. Looking for child care? Visit College Camp located in the heart of Pineville. It is a licensed aid facility that has been in existence since 2008. For more information, call 318 484 2762.
This ministry would not be possible. At FCA, we're touching millions one heart at a time. Since 1954, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes has been putting the heart and soul in sports by challenging athletes and coaches to impact the world for Jesus Christ. As the largest sports ministry in the world, FCA now reaches over 2 million people annually on the professional, college, high school, junior high, and youth levels. Through this shared passion for athletics and faith, lives are changed one heart at a time. Learn more at fca.org. Thank you for joining us today. We would like to take a moment to thank our sponsors that made this program possible. Bayou Shirts. At Bayou Shirts, we offer quick, friendly, quality service for all your t-shirt needs. Check us out today at bayoushirts.com for information on all the services we can provide. You can reach us at 318 308 3754. 